Welcome to the Iceman, a podcast presented by Tuned Up Custom Rods. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Iceman. Now for you guys it's been a week, but for us it's been just a few minutes. We decided to do a two-parter because our guest this week, Larry Hansen, has been just such a wealth of information that... Uh, we just couldn't let you go after one hour. So well, thanks, guys. Thanks for sticking thanks, around, guys. Larry. No, I appreciate it. This so, has been great. So, Larry, we we were talking about light spots on the the depth finder, I guess, the down imaging mm-hmm. on the hummingbird. So late in 2019, I found a light spot that was probably the size of a two by two square uh, off the edge of an island and went into deep water. So I kind of I marked that spot, and I found it. I was like, okay, I'll try it in the winter time. Well, this spot, it it was surrounded by weeds, about maybe 300 degrees of weeds, and then had a little exit out. And this spot was so epic during the wintertime. It was unbelievable. I mean, there was there fish just stacks of bluegills for five feet up and down all the way around this, and they would just watch that little part of hard bottom. And I mean, that was a spot on a spot mm-hmm. on really a spot. I mean, this spot was so small. We ended up fishing two guys holes just about touching each other catching bluegill after bluegill for two days straight and then the bite was gone so i mean mm-hmm. it's changing conditions and and sometimes those really key kind of spots that change or have some something to attract more fish are really key yeah and that the hard bottom why do they like hard bottom i don't know all i know is also transition areas where gravel to mud okay take malax or gravel to sand or gravel to weeds all those are major fish holding spots at some point it's going to produce but i mean that's kind of the same for all species really i mean Mm -hmm. if you look at humans let's just break it down this is always my theory so people people can say what they want but we don't live most of us live on a coast or some kind of transitional area like suburbia most people live in the city or the suburbia because it's a transitional not many people live in that gray zone from farmland to country or whatever they, they kind of live in that transitional zone or near a lake or i mean you look at detroit lakes you look at brainerd lakes you look at bemidji a lot of people live around well there's a lot of lakes there's a lot of transition areas but not many people live in the middle of south dakota the populations are less so we're probably just the same as everything else we mm-hmm. like those transitional areas too is it just more stuff to look at more stuff to do i don't know wow that that is deep man yeah i know that is well, uh, we're all just fish no. Okay, so here, uh, people ask me, what are you looking for? I said, I'm, I'm looking for McDonald's or Manny's. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and, and normally you're going to find that in an inside turn. So when I say McDonald's, it means it's busy, it's full, but you're not always going to catch the big kahuna there. True. Okay, yeah. so that's how I, I break it down. There might be a rich guy that goes to McDonald's. Well, but, sure. But not uh, absolutely. A lot of them. Yeah. But you're still going to. That, that, that's a very fascinating thing. So okay. let's take the rich guys. You the catch example a good quarter job. pounder, though, right? Huh? Yeah. A good quarter pounder, though, at least, right? Well, sure. At, with cheese. No cheese. <laughs> no cheese. Okay. No bun. Just the, <laughs> Is just this the analogy burger? meaning bigger fish? Okay. I can't. Yeah. Think. So, oh. like, yeah. what well, I'm thinking of I a bigger fish being the rich person. Yes. I'm teasing. Oh, sorry. I'm going really deep in this. I got notes over here. I got okay. a little Venn diagram. There you go. But 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 that's how, one way to look at it. If you were going to fish people and you wanted to catch fish all day long, go to McDonald's. So the McDonald's are the inside turns? Is that what you're saying? Most of the time. So but where's the there's all, But there's also big fish there. Tr- 
just what John brought up. That little spot, I'll guarantee you, at sooner or later, that that big kahuna is coming, and that big caddy is sliding in with the convertible down, and, and he's he's and got a, a big cigar going, and okay, or girl. Okay. We've I've I've fished a couple of tournaments on Minnetonka, thinking that I know what I'm doing, and you know it's a it's a deal where you catch your five fish and it's a team tournament and mm-hmm. and me and my partner Steve go out there and we feel like oh we've got this dialed in we fish in this lake all the time and we catch our five two pounders one and a half two pounders and we're like oh good we filled the bucket right and we get up there and the winner always has a seven pounder and you think there's no seven pounders in Minnetonka but apparently there's a bunch of them because they've caught like seven of them mm-hmm. and I, I don't know where they are I wish I knew. Well, that's also experience, Dan. So you're paying for, I I fished walleye tournaments. That's how all this started. And we didn't win much money, but we're always in the hunt. Okay. And it it was just always that one kicker fish away. But at the end of the day, it taught me boat control. It taught me who I am today. It taught me to change, willing to change. That's a hard one at times, willing to change. Mm-hmm. And do you leave fish to go find fish? I mean, all those things add up in, uh, in tournament fishing. Do I leave these fish because they're not big enough? But you're catching them so you feel good, but they're not big enough. Yep. Okay. Sooner or later, you will stumble on to your magic school. Now, if you can put that, was it an inside turn? Was it a weed flat or was it a weed edge that dropped quick? Mm-hmm. Okay. Was it gravel or rock holding them there? Was it a log that no one knew about? Was it, okay, certain docks? Okay. And you don't have to have weeds under docks to catch fish either. Can you can you give away one of your McDonald's tips for me? Because I honestly, inside turn, I have no idea what that means. Okay. Well, tell me what that means. So we have a point. I'm coming down the point and it. Does that. Now it's going back out to another point. That's the inside turn. So like the apex of the turn of the point at the point. Yep. And I'll, any time, any day, I'll give you the point. Just give me the inside turn. Interesting. So the point, even to go further down, the point is an extension of land underwater. Yes. So it's where land is is jutting out into the lake, but it's submerged. Mm -hmm. And it, it can taper gradually. It can taper... Steep, yeah, Steeply. it can do whatever. It could do whatever, yep. but it's where, it's where the point, is transitioning from from its peninsula shape into another point. So, yes, yeah, yeah. See, in that, in, in my brain, and this is why I always get so frustrated because, like, one time I filled in for Steve on the bass tournament out there with you guys, or in the bat in the bass league, and Dan talks about filling up the bucket every week. I think I caught negative two fish that week like it was it was just horrible mm-hmm. you know and like i i always just imagine you'd want to fish that actual point not the turn mm-hmm. so I, I guess there's some i mean i've had where sometimes the fish hang off the edge of the point but oh. it's it's if you're gonna pick the mcdonald's i'm not picking the peak of the point i'm gonna pick that inside turn because i think there's a lot more i mean think about it, it you don't put the mcdonald's at the very edge of the property right because that's there's not much acreage of weeds and stuff there or, or forage or whatever if you put on the inside a turn you get a lot more of a 
exposure, mm -hmm. I guess. And there's some more safety. It's more, a lot of things. No, will fish use that point? Absolutely. And I don't mean that they don't. But, but it's more, maybe more of a transition point and well, they're not hanging out there? Yeah. And if the wind is crashing in there, that's another story too. But for the most part, even in the wintertime, the inside turn to me has always been money. And okay. I think something that you said when we were off the air is important is that in your line of business as a guide, you're not looking to put the five biggest fish in the live well. No. You're looking to have action, action. all day long. Yes. You know, so if you can catch, if you can bring a client out, a family or, or a corporation or whatever, and catch 31 pounders, that's way better than catching mm -hmm. three seven pounders. Yes, and I have people that come from South Missouri, Texas. I have a lot of repeat customers from Texas. You know, I like they like to come to Minnetonka. They catch more than two fish. Mm. Okay. Well, fishing down south, we we joke like our fishing is is tough down here in the yeah, metro. It's not. We have no idea what it's like down in mm -hmm. Texas, where those fish have degrees in whatever they've looked at for the last twenty years. <laughs> right. Yeah. Our, our, our bass, and not to knock anybody's bass fish, our bass are still pretty new to being caught. Mm -hmm. The bass down there are, I mean, I've watched very good sticks go down to Florida and Texas to fish, and they're like, apparently there's no bass. I'm mm -hmm. like, what do you mean? He goes, I caught two. You know? And it'll be interesting. The classic is in Texas. You know, it should be going on in like in less than a month. But they're going to be doing this in June or July. So now you got 100 degree heat per day. It's not like up here. I don't know what the bag limits are. It could be the biggest bag limits ever by these guys, but I think it's going to be super tough. Then normally they're catching them during a spawn or pre-spawn setup for the classic. And here we're blessed. We're just blessed with water and fish. Well, and every, I mean, so you're fishing Minnetonka. You, you said you what, 24 bays. You have 24 different ecosystems let's yes. say that, mm -hmm. that's more and different spectrum of fishing than most people are ever going to experience in a lifetime mm -hmm. and you can go from greenish water to super gin clear water in the same you know in the same body of water and it's incredible and you can go shallow and you can go deep you can go super deep and it has everything in it that can teach you how to fish another lake and what, and what I do on Tonka, you can do anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. So, Now, our lakes are not pressured the same way theirs are for, for fishing pressure so much. Mm -hmm. But your lake specifically is, is the recreation capital of, of the world, mm -hmm. it feels like. Well, and I know that you have to deal with... You mm -hmm. have to deal with every kind of craft you can imagine right. on a daily basis. And it can be... It can be challenging, and for a lot of people, it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. um, I think of it as kind of the charm of the lake to some extent, you know, seeing the hundred thousands of dollars of, of, of fiberglass roll past you and then seeing on the other side a, a $1,300 canoe. Mm -hmm. And and then flying right over them as an airplane on skis landing right. on yes. top of them. So there's a, lot, there's a lot going on, which... For you, having to navigate that water safely with people on board who probably aren't super used to being on water. and I know that you've got one class of boats that's not your favorite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. What kind of boat did you buy, Dan? 
I did. I did not oh, buy no, a boat to make twenty-one foot wakeboard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you. I thought uh, you were talking about. I thought you were talking about the, aluminum boats. No, no. I'm talking about uh, the wakeboard boats. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. But that's. I mean, I, I remember the first time I experienced something like that. I went out on Big Trout and Cross Lake on Fourth of July Day. Uh, never recommended for anybody that has a boat that's shorter than forty-six feet. <laughs> but I, I went in a seventeen-foot boat, and it literally the first. Two minutes, I was, okay, I need to grab at least multiple life jackets. I need to put my life jacket on, Mm -hmm. even though it's, because usually I just have it on the back of the seat, especially when you're just putzing around. No, this was nuts. There was people driving by 40 miles an hour with boats that made waves the size of my boat. Mm -hmm. And it was was dead calm until about 10 o'clock. And then it would just went bananas the the difference though with with the with the wake and the in the chop on a minnetonka is it's not predictable no it's not coming from a consistent direction Mm-mm. you know if you're on minnetonka or i'm sorry if you're on malax and there's a strong wind and there's a chop you know where the waves waves are coming from yeah the, like the, you can point your boat into the waves big trout is there there was probably there. 200 boats on that lake you could walk across the lake and there everybody's driving 30 miles an hour you go from nuts. excelsior to the main channel oh I, I feel like I need to put on a sports bra and an athletic <laughs> supporter. <laughs> you get destroyed on that trip. Yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> and it's you can't predict it because it's it could be a, a giant wakeboard. Could be it's windy a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things that you have to deal with. Yeah. It, it and there's times I fish in that traffic. Yeah. Just that's just where the fish are at and that's what I'm gonna do. And the okay. traffic doesn't seem to affect the fish. Zero. Well I, is it a bit is it because the fish have been so accustomed to it, you think? Because I know other lakes, you get one boat to drive by and the fish literally just spook off the spot. Is it just because it's it's always, it's, it's like living next to an airport. You just got to accept that there's going to be noise. Mm-hmm. And I, I think when it's quiet, it's the worst thing. Because <laughs> then they know that one boat's there. Well, it's If just, there's 12 it, boats, they don't. And it, I think they probably are genetically changed to... They like action. They like... They're the partier fish, right? Okay. Yeah. And then having grandparents that lived on Seton Channel, my grandpa would love it when the boats went by. His bobber bounced. Boom. Get some action on that. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. No, that's... That's true. Okay. I mean, it, so... Fishing slip bobbers in a in a two-foot chop is sometimes a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That seawall where, where that rental boat is on mm-hmm. Seton Channel. Yeah. That corner. A, a lot of times I feel like when a boat goes by that you get a bite. There you I mean, go. You can look like the hero for a second. Have mm-hmm. you ever uh, fished or guided on the 4th of July out there? Yes, I don't do it very often. Okay. Um, it's normally, some, if it's somebody from the lake, I will do it because I'll say, can I bring my boat there and leave it? Yeah, getting on the water is not easy. Yeah, because that, that's the hardest part because it's filled up the night before. Minnetonka is famous or infamous for the the huge party scene that's mm-hmm. going down on the Fourth of July, and it looks like Cancun. I mean, really, parts like, of it do, but a lot of it is just people on boats. Well, I mean, like it looks like there's that many people on the beaches. I mean, it's I don't they, know. If but cold. there, there's and rafts. every little cove is yeah. Full there's and, rafts of boats all the way around Big Island, and they had you know so many people were out there that you know people were barfing and pooping in the water that I think they got like 300 people got sick a couple of years ago because mm-hmm. of so much stuff that was in the water and people were swimming in it and stuff like that. So 
That's in Party Cove where in that happened. Party Cove, but that's where they where, had to set up lanes so that yeah. the sheriff could get through and save people. That's where the sheriff told them that they didn't want them in certain areas, so they made that area for them. Sure. Okay. So, but Minnetonka is still a great lake, um, but you just got to use your head. And I okay. see it in the news. I feel like Star Tribune runs a story about how dangerous Big Island is every year. Mm-hmm. It's like they just recycle the story. And it, I mean, you're going to find some idiots out there, just like you would anywhere. Exactly. But the vast majority of it is just families and fishermen and people out for a good time mm-hmm. who are being normal. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. crowded, but it's normal. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, it gets it gets a bad rap. I think a lot of times, and I think it's an easy excuse because it's 15 miles from the newspaper headquarters, and and you know I need a story, so let's go out and pick on these guys. Well, the, I, the most crowded I've ever seen it out there ever. I actually I saw you that day was a couple of years ago when Tim McGraw was performing. Oh yeah, and we, what's that? What's that bay that that was on? Were they down? They were down there by Crane Island. Crane Island, yeah. What I can't Smithtown. Smith, okay, Smithtown Bay. We drove all the way up almost to the beach and we got there after he started performing. And there was 5,000 boats there, mm-hmm. but everyone was sitting quietly, having, enjoying themselves, swimming. Mm-hmm. It was very calm and, and, and orderly. And then when the show broke up, all the boats basically formed a line and drove out of there, you know, in in order so the it was actually the smoothest crossing from smithtown bay back to back to the main channel that i've ever had because everyone was in the same same wake mm-hmm. neat i don't know it no that's I, I, that's I, good to hear dan i think that the lake does get the shaft sometimes because people all hear stories mm-hmm. and they they see things it's easy to write about the bad stuff mm-hmm Okay, that, I think that's... Well, it's probably, you have a thousand instances of good stuff. You have one bad person that mm-hmm. ruins it for everyone. It's just, I mean, I grew up fishing white bear. That's where mm-hmm. I cut my teeth as a kid. And that lake wasn't busy as a kid. Now it's busier. Um, Minnetonka of the East, they call all it. All it takes is one guy with E. coli pooping in the water. <laughs> <laughs> it ruins it for everybody. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's. But, I would never. I'm not tying up any, at at uh, Party Cove, though. I'll tell you that much. I'm not <laughs> no, going over there. No. But here, here you have a lake, a 14,000 acre lake inside of 2.8 million people. Think of that. Yeah. That doesn't happen anywhere. Okay. It doesn't happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. No. That's so. That's what's incredible about this wonderful place that my bloodline goes back to, and it's just been an incredible place for me incredible place for my mother to grow up and then it just had no idea i was going to be making a living off of it fortunate okay very fortunate and a lot of that has to do with also the corporations that are here i got hooked up with corporations way back early in the day because i sold paint so i knew a lot of corporations and and no, they bring their salespeople in. They bring customers in. They bring all sorts of stuff, and that's part of the wonderful thing for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to fillet fish. <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. so <laughs> that's uh, you know, I've done it, but I've only done it like six or seven times in all these years. Yeah. Okay, and it's normally been for older people. 
Mm-hmm. I got a soft spot for that. And well, yeah, I mean, okay. uh, I remember my wife's grandma always used to ask for fish. And had some of those fish fries that my wife remembers having with her. It's like mm-hmm. I, the, a gen, there's a generational gap with, you know, the older generation did, I think, they were very used to it was a grocery-type yes. environment. Mm-hmm. You went there for food. My, my grandparents were absolutely, it was, you, you kept it, everything. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. a lot of people there that are still there. Mm-hmm. They're, right. they're shopping, mm-hmm. which I have no problem with. No, as long as they're in, within the rules. And but, going back to the conversation about how busy the lake is and with wakeboarder boats and things like that, it's, I don't have a problem with that either. You know, those people have every right to the water that, that I have or that you have, but there is some courtesy there that, that could be used. That That's the biggest thing is the courtesy side. And the, and the hardest thing is most people don't know what a foot is, okay? Let alone tell them you got to be 150 feet away. What's that mean? Yeah. Okay, right? Or 150 yards, whatever whatever the rule is. They don't even know what a foot is. Yeah. So how can you expect them to... They see an open spot and they go. Yep. So. And it can, yeah. And there are some spots in that lake where there's a bigger congregation of the of the mm-hmm. sport type of boats, or the, the wakeboard, ski boats, thing, things like that. And there are other spots where I'm sure those people are very frustrated with all the fishermen who are sitting in the middle on a hump that no one knows about and they can't get, they can't get their ski turn in. There you go. So, yeah. but one thing I, I do say about what I like about wakeboard guys, if they're trailering, they're just like me. Bingo, bango, bongo, they're done, in and out. Okay. They know how to get out. They know. know. They know what the they know what the story is. Okay. They're all ready to rock and roll, and I smile when I see that. And if I'm behind. A couple of them. Oh, this is going to be quick. <laughs> so I got a question for so, you, for you guys, all of you guys. I mean, what is, what is acceptable trailering in and out times? Because uh, I had an incident last year on Gull at the the federal dam up there, mm-hmm. and it was probably eleven o'clock at night. We got out pretty late off the water, and I I mean, it takes me like five minutes from starting the truck, backing in, hooking up, yeah. winding it up a little bit, and out. And I, th- I thought that was pretty acceptable, but the, the lady that was in front of me at that point did not. She, and if you've been to the federal yeah, it's gold, steep. it's a real steep. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it took me more than, it was actually, the reason it probably took me a little longer is hitting that parking brake hard enough that my truck actually would stop because it was real windy that night. And this lady came on the right side of me went over like over into the muck and and got her husband's boat out and and she was just angry i was like what in the world did i do and i don't know if he had too much to drink and she was mad at him or what but it was one of those experiences like am i one of these people i mean i thought (laughs) like four or five minutes was acceptable were you were you by Mm -hmm. yourself no i was i was with my dad it just you know it's a 40 mile an hour wind Mm -hmm. Makes it tough. You gotta have some patience in that kind of stuff. Yeah, I just I mean, this lady, I mean, it was No. She was probably in and out in less than five seconds. I mean, it was one of those like, how in the world she it's hooked up and she just left. Didn't hook anything up, drove off. Ernie's. He spent it at Ernie's, huh? (laughs) I don't know. She seemed a little angry at the moment, Mm -hmm. but you're gonna find people angry at any point that 
everywhere that a person could be angry, you're going to find an angry person. Outrage. Because mm-hmm. for me, it's like I don't, I don't fish a lot of lakes that have a lot of people. So when I, I mean, I've had where I've had to launch to myself the entire day. Like yeah. I could park, leave my boat, it, my trailer in the water the whole day, and no one would care. I mean, my launches mm-hmm. are awesome. Dan found that out with his uh, bayliner. <laughs> your launches, your lunch is like the one at at uh, Weaver Lake. Remember that one? No, there? or the one at flat. the one at Lake X that yep. uh, we had to switch mm-hmm. vehicles. Yes, on. we did. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're. That's what you deal with. And that's one of the best <laughs> launches up there. Is Lake X the ice contest lake? No, that's maple. Oh. No. Well, because you were calling it Lake X earlier, so I just want to get uh, more yeah, Lake X is a generic term. A Larry generic. has some actual Lake Xs that mm-hmm. we can't talk about the actual names on. Uh, here's my opinion, John, and this is a advice that my dad gave me when I first started trailering a boat, and it was excellent advice because it gave me permission to take the time I needed, and that's that everyone gets their turn, and when it's their turn, it's their turn. Which is essentially, it essentially means that when it's my turn, I'm going to take the time that I need to do this. I'm not going to waste time, but I'm not going to rush. Because what I see causing a lot of delays, and I'm sure you see this too, Larry, is you get people who get to the ramp and are not confident and are maybe not practiced or, or don't have a lot of experience. And they get flustered because there's cars waiting, there's boats waiting. And once the fluster takes place, effect it's really hard to break that you know then then you get the backing up and and the jackknifing and the you know and then the people get f- frustrated and get angry and the people in line start to get you know that look on their eyes like come on guy get figure this out and taking t- the taking the time that you need initially or just understanding that i'm gonna get my boat on and it's gonna take me what it takes me gives you kind of permission to slow down a little bit and sometimes slower is faster if that makes sense slow is fast and fast is smooth there you go that's well, a that's a flying well it's thing. like a nascar driver you okay. ever watch those guys drive i mean they look like they just they look for a sunday drive they're not a concern but that's because they have 100 percent confidence in what they're doing mm-hmm. so what i hate i taught sue and the girls how to back up Osseo. <laughs> High school parking lot, and then when Maple Grove was made, then Maple Grove parking lot. Then I took them to Weaver, okay? And they taught them to use the mirrors. And the only reason for the girls is in case something happened to me, Mm -hmm. okay, that they could get this boat out of the water to whatever tragedy happened, okay? Yep. That it wasn't... And when Sue, when Sue and I go, she does all the backing up. And you drive okay, but I wouldn't put her on a Lake Minnetonka ramp until I thought she was ready. Yeah. That's what's frustrating me. And I've helped people back in. Okay. Sir, mind if I do this for you? It's just going to be a little quicker. Yeah. What I hate is the people that tie. The sign says no boat parking. That's what the other docks are for. They tie up right on those posts. Yeah. Now what? Yeah, see, and I always try Those to... Those are mo- the things I hate, okay? I don't mind the guy that can't make it. I get it, okay? It's the guy that... It's the guy backs who... Backs down, and now, now and, they're going to take uh, their straps off. Right. Not, yeah, and like, then they're going to load all their stuff in. Yeah. It's like, oh. clearly, you are not... You don't need practice. You're just a jerk. Exactly. Yeah, that's okay? a different those story. Are, those are the ones. No, the, the guy's just having a rough... He, he's trying to back up. Mm-hmm. That's... But I, I still think to myself, dude, you should have just went... 
took a couple days prior to this, go to a go to a big parking lot, okay? Bring think, a couple of five-gallon buckets, throw a hockey stick in the center of them. And I think and, most people have pretty good grace for people who are clearly trying. Yes, I but don't it, have. It is the jerks that just park and don't care. Because there are a lot care. of people who don't care. Yeah. If, I feel like for me... In my limited experience, I'm way more anxious, especially on a busy day, to get on the lake than to get back off the lake. So if people are struggling to get off and get their boat trailered, you know, whatever. You know, I'll sit out here and float for a while. No big deal. But when there's a line of 20 boats mm-hmm. with trailers waiting to get on and the parking lot's filling up and you're just like, come on, let's get going here. You know, I like, am the exact opposite. Really? Getting off is way more stressful for me. Really? Okay. Oh, I could wait there for because Yeah, exactly. They, I went on, uh, I don't remember the lake name. It's over in Ham Lake. Maybe it was Ham Lake or it was Coon or one of those. And there was a, it was seven o'clock. There was a line of like 15 boats to get off the water. I was like, we need to go. We need the kids. You need to go to bed. I said, well, we can either push our way in line or we can just let wait half an hour, and ninety percent of these boats will clear out. We waited, caught a few more fish, and went and home. Cleared out. I think it's because usually when I'm leaving, it's because I've left an hour after I was supposed to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already late. So I have to tell you one little story about probably the worst uh, kind of forgetting about fishing time frames because everybody knows that you can fish for four hours and it feels like you fish for five minutes. You're like, I want to fish more. So my dad and I are on a crappie bite of crappie bites. I mean, every crappie is big. It's, they're all, you know, 12 to 13 inches, just catching like crazy one afternoon. My wife called and she's like, Hey, we have a dinner party for your cousin's wedding. It was, it's like a groom's dinner, something like that. I don't really know. I wasn't listening. (laughs) She, she said, I heard five o'clock ish um it was four we were supposed to be there because it was dinner we were supposed to be dressed up and stuff <laughs> so five o'clock rolls around five thirty rolls around we're still just fishing away catching fish like crazy she calls at six she goes where are you you're two hours late i'm like two hours i'm like holy smokes <laughs> my dad and i we we got up and just tore across the lake loaded up and then drove like Bats out of hell trying to get to the screams dinner, which we arrived at the like seven fifteen. And, oh man! Wow. My, if you could have saw the look on my wife's face, I think I can see that look. On oh, her face. she's like, why? Why did you do this to me? She's alone <laughs> with my my family and her future mother in law at that time. Or yeah, maybe I don't know if I remember we were married or not yet. But oh, she was mad. She doesn't. She never lets me live that down. No, too. I wouldn't either. She's uh-huh. like, you were th- almost three hours late. Like, That's crazy. What? It's like the end of Tommy Boy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Boy, Dad, I sure like some wind. I need to get off this lake. I'm late for my dinner. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> except we were, you know, anchored and just <laughs> having a great, oh, great and, time. And it was man. one of those bites. Was like every cast you catch, mm-hmm. just a beautiful crop. And we, we cool. weren't keeping them, and it was, it was mm-hmm. one of those things. It's like who cares about this groom's dinner? You know, and that, that that's what my brain was. It's like, she could have called a million times. I wouldn't have left. So I want to touch back on one thing that you said, Larry, then, then we have to scoot away to our commercial break, but you deliberately made sure that your kids and your wife knew how to do this mm-hmm. or to participate. And I, I don't understand this. This to me feels like a, a legitimately sexist opinion that for some reason, women can't handle boats. 
And there's no biological reason why that could possibly be the case. That's that's my that's the the biggest pet peeve I have, Dan. You know she's driving a Lexus, and they're coming in here with a two thousand dollar piece of crap boat, but they're they got a eighty thousand um, dollar suburban, and they back it in, and she can just hold on to the the rope. The yeah. rope. It's like yeah, I I can't tell you how many times. It doesn't make sense. There's, Zero. There's no. There's no reason. You for just that. put it in gear, back away, float out there, wait for them, then you come in real easy. I don't. I, I love don't, it when my wife comes along because what she does is she's she mans the boat. I do the backing up, and so it's kind of the opposite, I guess, of what you guys do. But when we go out, you know, the kids and my mm-hmm. wife hop in the boat. I pull up to the ramp. I have everything unhooked. I'm on a bunk trailer, which, by the way, is why bunk trailers are the right answer. Bunk trailers Back, are not the right answer. It is a, I'm a roller trailer yes, guy. Yes, you are. But that, you know why now. Yeah, I know why. So I back down. They're off. I pull forward. Ten, mm-hmm. you know, 20 seconds. And right. then at, at the end, they drop me off at the dock. I run mm-hmm. to the car. Back it down. She drives it right up there. Power, you know, loads it up. I crank it down. And we're good to go. There's, it, I don't understand any reason why someone, I, I and I either. think a lot of times it's, it's the women themselves mm-hmm. who, who don't have the confidence in doing so, but the idea that for some reason only the, the guy can do that, it just, it's, there's zero biological reasoning behind it. Zero, that. zero, none. It's stupid. She knows how to drive a car. Yes, exactly. Okay. Give, a, give a little bit of faith in that person mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Yeah. So. Many of them are, would probably be significantly better than their partners who mm-hmm. are uh, the guys that are too drunk to be able to drive the car in the first and, place. Now, does Sue know how to drive my boat? Yes. But she'd rather not drive a tiller. Yeah, well, okay, I agree. So that's why she's yeah. But, yeah. the backup queen. And people look at her. Oh, no. And I just smile. She can do it 10 times better than you ever dreamed of doing it. Watch this, guys. Yeah. My aunt okay. used to... My uncle lives at Breezy Point, and mm-hmm. there's a launch in Breezy. She picked him up, dropped him off, and picked him up twice a day, every day with her with back the boat. She could back a trailer around, like in a around a cul-de-sac, and be just fine. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you could back a trailer down anything, mm-hmm. and she would do it. She'd be looking at just one mirror and do it. It's like, how in the world you're faster than I am? Mm-hmm. Well, I ta- saying something. I yeah. taught them to use the mirrors. I didn't want them turning around. No, I you, agree. you can't turn around. Use the mirrors. Just do the mirrors. Yeah. All it's right. not here. It's not here. It's only Sorry, one we place. Gotta, we We're going to end up on a third episode if we don't uh, yeah. part, put some so, breaks Part this. 17. Well, I don't mind We had a little fun with that. I, I mean, don't mind it. it. I'm enjoying this. So Let's take a break and let's do a teaser because we've got another big mega pack of free debates that we got to give away, right? Yeah, we have to do some kind of okay, question. So when we come back, we'll have another question that... Uh, Does that we'll, Dan have a third arm? <laughs> no, <I'm> just, <laughs> <laughs> some say. We'll come back and we'll... Uh, and we'll do another uh, giveaway for our, our sponsor, Freedom Bates. Uh, thank you for t- taking the time to be with us here, guys, on episode number two with Larry Hansen. We'll be back in just a bit. Hey, everybody. This is Dan from the Iceman coming to talk about our sponsor, Tuned Up Custom Rods. It's getting close to open water. It's time to start thinking about ordering your first open water rod from Tuned Up Custom Rods. Or maybe maybe your 10th. I don't know. Maybe you're like me. Check out tunedupcustomrods.com. Use the promo code ICEMAN. That's one word, ICEMAN, to save 10% today. And also, check out freedombaits.com. They have some pretty sweet baits online. 
Use code ACPF10 for 10% off on your next order. All right, everybody, welcome back from that commercial break. This is uh, this is our fourth segment, right? Fourth segment with Larry. This is awesome. Thanks for being here, Larry. Yeah, but before that, we got to do the guys. mega giveaway. I know we got it. We got. I was trying to segue. Right. So was, we're we're gonna have a question, and uh, for those of you that uh, I do fish the Brainerd Lakes area quite a bit, and there's a reason why. Um, so back a long time ago, my family owned a resort on a certain lake, and I will give you a very big clue. Um, I need the lake name on our Facebook page. Once you listen to the podcast, it uh, the street name is Burback Sunset View. So if you find out that lake, put it in online, and then you'll win a pack of Freedom Baits. First person to comment with the correct lake name yep. on our Facebook page, Mega Pack. Yeah, not just a pack, a, a mega pack. pack. A mega pack. <laughs> Outstanding. Thanks, Freedom Baits. Yeah. Appreciate it. I like the Freedom Baits. They, I do too. They, they work awesome. And especially with kids, we don't have to deal with wax worms in the pocket. Live bait's gross. No, it's not. I mean, it's Have, have you ever fried a shiner and eaten it off a lantern? <laughs> yes, of course I have, John. <laughs> the guy who won't <laughs> fillet a walleye, you think he's flaying? Or you, you think you he's frying up a minnow? You don't flay him. You just fry him up. I have not done that, but if you've done that, that's gross. I don't care any reason why you would do that. That's a gross thing to do. Well, uh, I could say one of my old guys that I used to ice fish with, Kevin Keywell, shout out to him, wherever he's at. Hey, Kevin. He's, Hi, at, Kevin. We, we fried a few minnows on a lantern. Cool. Sounds like sounds like a Did you brand's them? joke. No, we were just <laughs> 17 or 14, 15 years old and dumb. Salt? Uh, they're already kind of salty. Just rub them on your pant legs. I'll get the salt Ugh. off. Everything about that is, a, it's, I don't like that. I've eaten a few minnows. <laughs> cool. I, I ate one at the stanchion one night, the minnow races. Have you ever, guys, have anyone uh, ever done the minnow races at the I stanchion? I did the minnow races up at uh, Eel Pout. Yeah, so my glass had a minnow in it, the, my drink glass. <laughs> I swigged my beer down. Down went my minnow for my minnow I would, race. <laughs> I would rather eat a pack of Freedom Baits. We should do we should do a contest. Who can eat a pack of freedom baits or who can eat a minnow? No, I don't know if I could eat like a big like. Let's wait. Let's wait until COVID's done so that we don't fill up a precious ER bed before we do this contest. (laughs) (laughs) Both of our both of our hosts of the Iceman podcast are now in the hospital. We take a couple weeks off. One for eating a pack of. Freedom baits and the other one for eating a You sucker now milk. have AIS inside. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be John. John's one is going to contaminate the lake. You now have plastisol yeah. inside you. Yeah. There you go. I've got, yeah, I've got BHP. Gross. All right, let's not eat gross stuff. Larry. Jeez. Yes. Thanks for being here, Larry. Oh, thanks, guys, for inviting me. We've covered me. a ton of stuff, this topic. I think this has been a lot of fun. I have a question from... I guess what I always consider you as kind of the legend. Do you use a camera often to view structure? The last year, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, what the fu- cool part when the first when the camera first came out, we all tried it, and you couldn't look at it in your boat. Totally different than being on the ice. Yeah. You got kind of sick looking at it. I don't know what's changed, but it's obviously the technology of the camera itself. So now their color, number one. The picture is incredible. But yeah, yes. Um, the last year I started to use it more. 
Aquaview, right? Aquaview. Yeah. Arkham. No. <laughs> I'm talking. Larry's uh, used. Oh, I, I thought this was a show. No. Show plot. No, no, I'm just. I, I use a Markham Pursuit HD mm-hmm. just because it's small and portable. And I, the last couple trips, I've actually taken some serious time to not put a rod in my hand and actually just look. Look. And it's, it's pretty eye opening. Some of the mm-hmm. stuff you see down there, and I mean, I've told Larry about some stuff that I've seen that I still need to verify if it's really what I saw, but. Um, fish have different behaviors in a camera. I mean, they what you think they're doing down there and what they're doing down there are totally different things. Yeah, it's it's pretty fascinating. The camera itself is the ultimate video game. Just the ultimate video game. And then, um, well, I, I so uh, two years ago on. On my screen, it looks like a sailboat upside down, okay? And one sunk straight with the, with the uh, mast still attached to it. So Colt Ringer, who owns Aquaview, is a buddy of mine, okay? So we go there this summer, and I lined up the dock and the 22-foot depth, and you have to look through, you have to look through the dock. It has a cover on it, and you have to line up the steps. And if it's not in the center, you're not going to be on the 22-foot mark. All right. We line it up, and here it is. It's not a boat at all. It's a, a we're going to say, 4 by 4 crate, jam full of rocks. And then there's this pipe that comes up, maybe 10 feet, and it tees off. So somebody created their own fish crate? No, no, no. Um, What we learned, especially my mom is going to be 95. Mom, what, what, born on, and this is in Crystal Bay. I'll give everybody a little tip. Um, If you can find it, good luck. But anyway, and there's fish around it, okay. Sunnies and and largemouth bass up the wazoo, okay. And um, I said, Mom, do you know anything about this? Oh, it's just two things. Irrigation, spraying water up onto farm fields. And then also right there, people don't know, but James J. Hill, famous St. Paul guy who built the railroad across the U.S. His house still exists, one of them. It's on Crystal Bay. She said they also had a train stop there. He had a roundabout up on his land. A train roundabout? Yep. That, There's 47 that, acres that's there. That's pretty that, That's not something that you put it. Oh, oh, I got a train roundabout. Not, not, is that where the gardens are? Is that his property? Nope, that, that is a guy named Nuremberg. Okay. Okay, the old house. So the bridge, and you come to the right, stay to the right, and then there's that bay called Grandpa's Bay. Okay. Are we talking coming through the in, main channel? In Crystal, yeah, in, okay. in Crystal Bay now. So you came through the bridge, Yep. stay to the right, and then there's... A little dinky bay called. Yeah, it's that's all, related to Colt. It was his great grandfather that's it's named all lily after. Pads. Yep, but that older building there that goes back to the 1800s and that was James J. Hill's house. Okay. And she said they stopped there and that pumped water up to whatever that they would fill the steamer. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So then Colt does some 
investigation after this thing, these are throughout the lake. Oh, just a bunch of irrigation pumps. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's smart. And it was Put my mom who said what they were, and then he took that info, and yeah, he turned it. Yep. That's really neat. I mean, that okay. makes perfect sense. And that was all because it looked like a sailboat, two sailboats had sunk. Okay. And yeah, but, but that's that illusion of what you it, think it is. What you think it is. Because what, what, sometimes what you see is not what it actually is. And that's what I guess I was trying to get at, John, is that the camera told us the truth. Okay? Just like your panoptics or your 360, you see the fish out there. Uh, that could be carp or suckers. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I mean, back in the day, my tournament days on, on Mille Lacs, you get over... Um, uh, sloppy Joe's that area on the on the south side, and you come across these these hooks, man, and nobody could catch them. Nobody, and until finally someone throws a camera down, they go, "They're suckers and carp." <laughs> no way, no way. You bring your your scout. Remember the scout? Okay, Aquaview scout back in the day with the blue, and you drop it down there and go, ah. That's Wasting what it my is. Time. We wasted hours. Okay? That's how I identify. Why aren't they biting? You I, know, a few years ago when it, I'm gonna actually probably eight years ago when we first identified or first started fishing the original quick tip, mm-hmm. we were trying to find small perch just to see how how small perch you feel. And we were trying to catch it, couldn't figure out what they were. And I'm like, we finally got a camera out there, looked down, and I'm like, what are these? It's still you know it was black and white back then. Mm-hmm. Well, flip on the little yep. light, and they they reflected back at you. Well, they were like baby shiners down there. <laughs> I have no idea what they were doing in thirty six feet of water, but mm-hmm. apparently that's where they all were. Yeah. But, See, you would, but you wouldn't have known what they were. Yeah, and they were not going to bite what we were going to try to get. You know, there was no bait small enough for them, but they were they were everywhere. There was tons of them, and, and I thought just, they were perch. Just shows how sensitive the rod is, though, too. That you're feeling that little shiner nibble. Yeah. Well, eventually we ended up catching some bigger ones and. But it's, yeah, you could, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. Just thinking you're fishing for one species and not even knowing that they're in the lake, there's a whole different species. Mm -hmm. It's not outside the question to find sunken sailboats on Minnetonka, though. There's also a plane. Is there there really? Is is there a streetcar that's sunk out there as well? Oh, there's still five of them. Five streetcars, right? Yeah, five streetcar boats, yep. The Minnehaha was raised... There were six. The Minnehaha is one of them, and that was the best hull. Then they took, remember, it's a steam engine, so it looks like a brewery. There's big kettles, and it's brass, and all this other stuff to it. They dove down and took those good parts off of the other five to rebuild the Minnehaha. See, one of my favorite parts about Lake that was Minnetonka. 70 feet. It, 70 feet, wow. Yeah, they're in 70 feet. One of my favorite parts about Minnetonka is Big Island, and the history of Big Island, and I hope you talk to us about that a little bit because like when Danny and I were kids we used to go out and camp on Big Island when we were in Boy Scouts mm-hmm. uh, they just had a, a it was a campground I think it was owned by the, the vets the vets yep the, mm-hmm. it was a vets campground and they let us go out there and camp and it was you know it was like our own private little playground we had this whole gigantic island to ourselves it was just amazing but the history of that island is pretty amazing actually mm-hmm. yeah the, the amusement park you know, like the turn of the century, the 1900s. Um, I don't know the actual date when they moved it into Excelsior, 
but my mom used to row her boat from Seton Channel. To okay? Big Island? To Big Island. <laughs> That's not... That is not close. No, and then her with a couple friends. No, it's not close. <laughs> but that was, you know, it was just part of the That's gig. That's a whole day. Uh, That's a whole day row. Those boats were made to row. Okay, sure. if you ever saw a picture of it, you go, oh, that thing rows nice. You know, it's, and it's wood. Yeah. And the whole shebang, it, whatever. But, but, you know, so just go to the turn of the century. So they had streetcars from Minneapolis come out, and, that, and that's why they call those streetcar boats. Then the people would hop on the boat, and then it would ferry them out to the. So did the, did the streetcar drive onto the boat like a ferry? Or? No, no, okay, no. But that's what they call the more streetcar boats. Okay. It was run by the streetcar company. Yes, gotcha. So it was the same same people. Mm-hmm. And then they'd ferry passengers to the. And to they the, had a full on like amusement park, like roller coasters you got it, and you name it. rounds. It was, and it was, it was there. It was, it was like Valley Fair in yes. the middle of the lake. Yeah. Oh, so in seventy one. My ninth grade class went there for their ninth grade party. And didn't one of the roller coasters The roller coaster ended up at, but that was the last year of the Excelsior Amusement Park because Valley Fair had started. And then they moved the... They moved the roller coaster. The wood roller coaster. The wood roller coaster, yeah. The white roller. Is that Valley Fair now? Yeah. That used to be If they're still using it, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely they are. there's a different ride when you go on a metal one over a wood one. Yes. Just, I don't know if you guys noticed that or not. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that one at Valley Fair. I the went white there. roller. That's terrifying. It looks air. like it's going to fall apart. It's, now the, that it's I, the funnest ride, though. It's, so, it's but loud. That's and, where it came from, John. So, so it's like 70 yeah. years old. More than that. It's from the, <laughs> yeah, turn of the, yeah, it's from the 1900. From 1900. Jeez. So anyway. I was in the middle of Lake Minnetonka. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It was a hopping place. There was these big, huge hotels back in the day. Um Way back, those all went away uh, in time. And they're trying to come, they're trying yeah. to build some new hotels along the shoreline. They're trying. to. Well, they, there's one in Wyzetta, but it's not on the shoreline. Yeah. They want to. They still want to preserve that. Um, Which I think is. A yeah, good they idea. don't want to take up anybody's scenery with yeah. a hotel. I Which I, I'm I'm for that. And what are they doing with Big Island now? Oh well, okay. So the vets sold it. Okay, um, and uh, where there was a battle between Orno and Excelsior, and Orno won. Okay, but it didn't go for as much money as you thought. Three point four mil for the wow. whole island, or no, for, the for un- that 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 spot. That spot, and it's a park, so you can so you can still park there and do whatever you want there. Okay, and, and there's still you know Boy Scout Island down by Crane. Uh, Wawatusa. Anyway, you can camp on that still. Think of that. 2021 now, you can go out to Lake Minnetonka, park your boat, bring your little pup tent, and spend a night. And you don't have to pay for it? Not that I know of. Giving me ideas. Okay. We had some really good times camping on Big Island when we were kids. It was like... You felt like you were in the woods and... That's, so that feeling, Tom, is what I mean by when I'm talking about, when I talked in the last episode about the way Minnetonka feels at night. Mm-hmm. It's like you're isolated, but you're not. Mm-hmm. You're I alone, but had, not lonely. We had our flashlights and we, were, we shined our flashlights out at some boats and they would come over to the shore and check it out and make sure no, we weren't stranded out there or anything like that. We, yeah. Just messing we were, around. We were, dumb. <laughs> we were being dumb. Were, were the cabins still there? 
No yeah, cap. No, no, yeah, there were still buildings there. But yeah. and there I was remember, a shower. There yep. was a bathroom. Yep. And we and we did a lot of like uh we did some restoration projects where we were out there. So we did like a weed whipping for a whole day and just did some like cleanup and we stuff. We did like some that. beach okay. restoration yeah. to pay for the yeah. Mm-hmm. Service project. Yeah, exactly. Called service project, yep. Nice. Uh, I love Big Island. It's mm-hmm. it's interesting. Half of it's developed and Right, and the but, other half is not. Well, and one another thing too, kind of an interesting story is there's been two or three times in my day job as a or actually I work nights, but as a as an ambulance uh helicopter EMS dispatcher where we've had serious medicals out on the lake and there's no really good place to land a helicopter. And I've had them land on big Island and it's been perfect because they got the docks. Yeah. They can get them right there, transport them to the, to the cities. They're there in five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, you get diving accidents and stuff like that out there where, you know, the time is critical and landing on the Island has worked out very well. Yeah, and Arno parks one in, in a boat anyway, in big on, in Brown's Bay. And then by the Arcola Bridge, they have their own dock. The Arcola there. Safety Dock. Yeah. I yeah. like that dock. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. But the first time I fished it. We've hauled a lot of people off the Arcola Safety Dock. Yeah. We caught a smallie on one side and a 50-inch muskie on the other side. It's a good dock. Okay. Do the people who live on Big Island live there permanently? No. Because there's no access out there. No. There used to be a uh, on Gales Island, the little island, they had a hovercraft. Really, you do. You do always. I shouldn't say that. You occasionally hear about a a property for sale on Big Island, and they're not that Uh, crazy expensive. But you know, several hundred thousand dollars, of course. But it's a quaint place. It's Mm -hmm. it's a cabin. It's a cabin, and it'll stay a cabin. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, that's neat. Mm -hmm. A lot, a lot of history, though. I I love the history of Big Island. It's amazing. It's uh, it's a famous place. I mean, just as it has been since, you know, since the streetcar times. Yeah, <laughs> even so before. You imagine the first people to be on like Big Island and like, like actually seeing that lake for the first time and just all the wilderness around it and stuff. I bet it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Or Father Hennepin coming up, uh, coming up the Mississippi and saying, "There you go, sixteen hundred. Oh, Here's a here's a little branch going off the Minnehaha Creek. Let's follow that and see what happens. Yeah, just, oh wait, look at this giant lake I just found. And twenty eight or twenty four bays and yeah, and all the, all, all all the, the Indians are like, uh, I think we found it first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. yeah, that is true. That that's is true. that's a start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 awesome. Area. It's an amazing resource, really. I mean, it's. And to actually keep kicking out fish. That, that's, that, that's I think that's the biggest thing. It's just there's so many other lakes that don't. Mm-hmm. They right. just collapse. Mm-hmm. Now, the bass will cycle, okay? And it, you're in a cycle right now of of the 20-inchers. Are, they're there, but they're not in thousands of numbers. Like, But it cycles that way. Mm-hmm. So um, like all lakes cycle. Yeah, I mean, so. I, I know some lakes have crappie cycles that come mm-hmm. and go, and walleye cycles that come and go. You have banner years mm-hmm. for spawning, and then you have off years of spawning. So the the spring of 2020 was the greatest crappie fishing of my life Ooh. on Minnetonka and on Waconia. Incredible, just on fire. Yeah, and not little guys. Not not. I had 14 inches in the whole shebang, and that's incredible. It's I can show you pictures. It's just, it just, 
it was i'd rather see spots but okay. I'd, I'll, I'll look at the pictures <laughs> so but it, it text was text and your numbers will you <laughs> it, it was incredible the the you know just i can't explain it of all the time i've spent on tonka and on waconia but what tonka mostly i never experienced what i experienced in april and up to the opener Ooh. ever i didn't get out at all last year Ever. fishing it was i couldn't and get the my size boat out. not just the size they were thick they weren't this paper thin dudes they were it was it was just to me an incredible it was so good i even brought sue out on a saturday morning and the next morning i took a a minister and his son it's a sunday morning you know what the minister says to me it's better than church. He says, this YouTube thing is a great gig. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I haven't fished on a Sunday since I was a kid, you know, because they would, you know, tape it and yeah. then put it on Facebook and on YouTube. And, and then you get your Sundays off. Mm-hmm. That's so, funny. Yeah, that's probably the first. <laughs> that's kind of a weird yeah. positive of COVID. Weird, weird take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Larry, as we start to wrap up here, our, our second episode, how does a person go ahead and, and book you? Like, how does a person get on your boat? Uh, you can call me at 612-810-5096. Uh, my website's being worked on, which would be Larry Hansen Outdoors, but I have an Instagram, Larry Hansen Outdoors. And we also have, I'm on a radio show called Real Talk Outdoors on Bob FM. You Which is also a podcast. Also, it also gets podcast, um, and you can c- connect with me through there too. So and I'm it, pretty easy to find, and, and then I, I'm also part of Lake Minnetonka Guide. So, and I can't recommend you enough. I've been on your boat a couple of times as a client, and a couple of times as just a friend. And you know the the hours that you spend out there get filled up with knowledge and conversation and fishing. It's it's a pretty good deal, and and to be able to guide for thirty years, you can't, you can't uh, fake that. I mean, you can't no. fake a four-hour conversation for three hundred days a year, <laughs> so, thirty years in a row. Well, I didn't pick it; it picked me, and I followed the path, and it worked out. Yeah, it is working out. Yeah, it was a struggle at first, but we're doing okay. Awesome. So, and I met, I've met. So many wonderful people. There are wonderful people in this world. Okay. <laughs> I've seen that from you. I've been out fishing with you before. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a quick side story. We were out on, on Lake X mm-hmm. doing, oh, yeah. doing the, the filming of, mm-hmm. of your ice fishing, and a person was walking across the lake, walked, <laughs> yeah, up, right. walked up to us just randomly, mm-hmm. just for, you know, just being friendly. And, uh, and they said, oh, what are you guys, what are you doing? And, and then they looked at you, they said... Larry, and it was a person who you'd guided that summer. That uh, yeah, and That's and right. she had just moved to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Michelle, and then she ran back and got her son, and they came out and caught fish and had a great time. And I think didn't you guide them the next summer too? Yes, I did. Yeah, I mean that stuff happens to you. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And I was just sitting there going, holy cow. <laughs> he pl- so they just planned this? random person just <laughs> it walks across the lake. It was total random. They were just out for a walk, man. Just, oh, and what, awesome. what, were, what, were these, what are these guys up to? Yeah, They're they, from Iowa. You know, what are these guys up to? But that's, I, I'm sure that's kind of a humbling and kind of a, yeah, it, almost like an uplifting type thing. It's like, this is pretty cool. I mean, yeah. somebody actually takes the time and comes out there and, you know, knows who you are. And then I said to Dan, 
I said, now I'm guiding. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You went to guide mode pretty quick. I went quick. into guide mode. <laughs> so yeah. get out of my way, Dan. <laughs> I was there with a the camera. No, I, was I wasn't with fishing camera. anyways. And it, and it made for a better It did. It made shoot. it better. Yeah. So, and they caught like 17 fish. So it was a very busy day. On iFish Pros. It was a very busy day. iFish Pros are are still the thing that, God, I, I love them. I love that clunk. Big uh, sucker minnows yeah. mm-hmm. and bass and pike. It was fun. Yeah. It was yeah. a fun day. So you never know. And, and I'm blessed to do what I do. Okay. I'll be the first one to say that. I'm grateful for it. Mm-hmm. So. Well, we appreciate you being here uh, these nights. Our, one night for us two nights for you guys listening. Thank you again. And again, check out Larry at Larry Hansen outdoors or on real talk outdoors on Bob uh, FM. What is it? One Oh, 106.1 on Sunday nights at seven o'clock. Awesome. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate it. And thank you all for tuning into the Iceman. We uh, are just having so much fun doing this, John. It's been a lot of fun. 20 episodes now. 22 on this one. There's a 21. This will, well, 20 with, Two parters, so twenty-one episodes technically. Yeah, that's 20. a full season of a, a full season on I know. network. All right, thanks a bunch, guys. Take we'll care, catch you guys. next time. Thank you, listeners. Mm-hmm.